Welcome to the Whole Church Podcast, your favorite church unity podcast, probably. If you want to hear from pastors, professors, and everything in between, right, sure. And, you know, the occasional train talk. Right, right, yeah. Uh, have we got the podcast for you? Take two. We are here again. It's been about five weeks. We've missed you all, too. Hope you missed us. Um, a lot's happened in our lives we're going to catch you up with, but uh, before anything, I should let you know who I am. So I'm not just a mysterious voice speaking into silence. Um, yeah, I'm your host, Joshua Knoll. Here is your co-host, Thor Johnson. Not to be confused with Thor Odinson, this is the son of John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um, for those of you who are wondering, and I'm sure some of you are, he does, in fact, look better than Chris Hemsworth. He mm-hmm. is the better Thor. And sure. if you want to verify, again, I say again, you haven't heard this yet, but you can verify by checking out our Instagram page. There will be a picture of him on there, maybe with Chris, maybe not. But uh, you can check it out and let us know if you agree that he looks better than Chris Hemsworth. Please let us know that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, before we get too far into anything, we just want to let you guys know um, some of our needs, how you guys can help us. Uh, first things first, the, the most important thing that you can do to help us would be like, share, and comment. Facebook, Instagram, Apple Podcast, anywhere you can find that you can like, share, and comment, please do that. Um, in today's world, that's basically currency. You know, um, we can only share so much, and that's how people hear us. And the more something's heard, the more it's seen, the more it's worth in today's culture. So, if you guys do that, that would help us all a lot. Would have really only cost you a couple seconds. If you've heard this far, you clearly have a couple seconds. So, please do that. I spent them all listening to us. <laughs> that, that, that was all, the only time they had. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, some other things we need to um, include financial help. You can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast, and you can donate there or not donate. I post some things on there for free, um, including you know, a couple little devotions. Sometimes we post the 10 seconds afterwards for free if anybody just wants to see what it's about and um, yeah, just catching people up. So that's a good place if you want to keep up with us. It's a good place to go. It's patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast. And if you want to help us, also a great place to go. Um, we've had a lot of our needs met. We've got a new cover photo. we got a new cord for our microphone. It seems to be recording exactly the volume I want it to record now, which helps with editing and stuff, so that's fantastic. And, um, yeah, there was some other need. Yeah, yeah there was. If anyone would like to make a new theme. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we hands. still need music. <laughs> yeah, please let us know if you know anyone or if you can do it and uh, make us some music. Contact us. You can email us at thewholechurch at gmail.com. And if you want to do that like, share, comment thing that I've mentioned, and I'm going to keep mentioning because I really need you guys to do that, then uh, you can do that on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, follow us at all three of those. If you want to run our Twitter, also let us know. I'm terrible at it. And uh, I think that's that. We're going to catch you all up here in a second. But first, TJ has a very important icebreaker question. We barely know this Chris Galloway guy. He's only been on the podcast once. So uh, we we got to do this, right? Uh, so our spiker question <laughs> for this episode, uh, just so we can all get to know each other a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, if you had to choose one item from your bathroom to be a weapon in the zombie apocalypse, what would you choose? And I know my answer. It's curtain rod for for shower curtain. <laughs> if you can sharpen it, and then it's a spear. It's the easiest weapon to use ever. Literally never been a weapon that's easier to use than a spear, except for maybe a gun. Yeah, speaking of which, that brings me to what I'm going to use for my bath. 
No. Well, I mean, I, if you I have don't. a gun in your bathroom, that's cheating. <laughs> I don't have a gun in my bathroom. Definitely cheating. Man, see, I was going to say the electric razor, but the shower curtain sounds so much better. Also, I don't, don't want to get that close to them. Well, was, my plan was to use the wire. You know, where you can, like, shut around with the wire? Right. Yeah, because they're zombies. Brushes are very effective. Because they're zombies and they need oxygen. You can choke their head off. I don't want. Leave it I don't really have that many weapons in my bathroom. Can I use the toilet? Just can you throw it at people? Can you hold the toilet? Probably. Can you throw a toilet? Probably not. So, so probably not that. Probably yeah. not. I don't know, man. I'll use the plunger. It's got a stick. I can't say the shower curtain. You already stole that. <laughs> that was the best answer. Yeah. I agree. All right, Chris, anything from your bathroom? Not the best answer. All right. We actually have our toilet tissue is not hanging on the wall. It's on a metal stand Ooh, that's with a base on the bottom. So it's like an L oh, shape with a big base on the bottom. So you could use that's it. Pretty good. You guys are use it as a hammer. Use it as a hammer. Yeah. I'm and walking around with a plunger. You guys got good stuff. <laughs> when, when it breaks, you can use it as a spear. As a spear. As you say, yeah. Yeah. That is a dangerous place. I, I didn't write the question. I just knew the answer. <laughs> I mean, what's funny is half the time I come up with the questions, I have no idea what my answer is. I'm just so satisfied that I got the question that I stopped thinking about. Like, oh, what a good, silly question. That was super silly. All right, next thought. Oh, man. Okay, so, uh... I'm the weapon that I'm going to use for my bathroom. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, uh, catching you guys up on what else happened. Uh, I am a married man now, so that's kind of cool. My, my dad and my pastor both did part of the ceremony. My dad mentioned Alice in Wonderland, my favorite Disney movie, also my favorite storybook. It's not my favorite Disney movie. I think he said it was, but it is my favorite storybook, which is probably what he meant, and it's accurate, so that was cool. Um, pastor talked about shoving me into a sleeping bag because he used to be my camp counselor. That was funny. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, I have a wife. That, that was part of the result of the marriage. Um, oh, I went to Disney World. That was really cool. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I, I don't know what, what, what else happened. Oh, I had a change of job because my job wanted me to start working Sundays more, and I couldn't do it. And uh, yeah, but not uh, really a change of job. Yeah, I still work at Chipotle. Yeah. I just have to work at a different Chipotle yeah. for slightly less money. And now everyone feels bad and has to go to Patreon.com to donate to us. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, we've mentioned—I think we've mentioned before—that uh, my my mom was going through some illness stuff. She made it through. She's feeling better. So uh, yeah, everyone on my side is doing well. That's pretty much that, right? Oh, I've uh, oh yeah, that that's part of the Sunday thing. I actually I decided to try and get back into ministry. So we're looking at that. And then right after I decided that, when job was like, oh, you got to start working more Sundays. And I'm like, hmm, suspicious. Pretty inconvenient. Yeah. Suspicious world. <laughs> so uh, we're looking at that. Um, and for, the, for people who are wondering, because I, I kind of want to make a public apology about some stuff too. So this is a good chance to do that. Sure. I, uh, a few years back, you know, I, I was preaching a little bit more. I was doing stuff. And then if anyone noticed, Kind of stopped doing that for a couple of years now. Um, I won't get into details. I'll just say that uh, back then, I think my focus was more on, let's revolutionize the church. Oh, this is a problem. Let's focus on this problem and call it out very loudly and publicly. It's not that I've changed my beliefs on some of that stuff. Uh, a lot of the stuff I, I still believe, I've changed as a person. Though. I don't think my priority is, hey, let's focus on this one issue and how we address it. 
I'm more focused on church unity. You know, how can we be more united? How can we, the greatest testimony of the church, Pastor was saying this the other day, the greatest testimony the church has is that we love one another, right? So uh, I think that's more of my focus now. So I'm kind of getting back and, um, yeah. That, that's where I'm at. Just want to let everybody know. Catch them up. So, uh, TJ, you've been one, uh, sort of best men recently. Sure. Yeah. Um, I was co-best man at Josh's wedding, I guess. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, originally, I didn't think we were going to get to do that. And then uh, because our brothers had to walk the uh, the grandmothers up and stuff, it just ended up working better to be able to have that. And it, it meant a lot to me that we were able to do that. And TJ was able to come up as co-best man with my friend Mark. Right. No. I probably wasn't going to mention that in my recap. It made it made the ceremony a lot better. I'm happy about it. But that's that's the only important thing that's happened in your life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I went to an NHL game. That was pretty cool. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Did that's a, pretty awesome. I, we, I noticed we didn't win. No, no, we didn't. You know, I actually kept up with the score. I was thinking about you. Yeah, it was tough. I almost prayed that the Hurricanes would win, and then I felt silly, so I stopped praying about it. Oh, that's. <laughs> Kind of worrying. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. But it kind of might not care who wins the hockey. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was, it was a tough game to watch. It was but, tough to watch? Yeah, it was. weren't playing well. That's not the point. Yeah. Uh, not not much else was really going on. Uh, had a nice February. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty much it. Went to an NHL game. Yeah. Um, started learning about hypercancer, which is really interesting. But That's crazy. Yeah. While I'm thinking about it, I want to let everybody know, uh, we're planning on doing the podcast every other week now, because I'm also in school, and just married, and switched a job. I have a lot of a lot of balls I'm juggling. So uh, we're going to start doing it more consistently, because, you know, for those who haven't noticed, it's been kind of touch and go while preparing for the wedding. We are going to start doing it more consistently again, but it's going to be every other week. So yeah, just that announcement while we're catching everyone up. So, Chris, the last time we heard from you, you were... I don't even remember what you were doing, man. You became a state youth director since then. Lance yes. announced that for you on the podcast. He did. He did. He let it out. <laughs> well, that wasn't really fair. We kind of got it. Was actually, before we were appointed, that Lance let it out. Well, we oh, didn't release it. Yeah, we didn't release it until uh, until it was officially... Oh. Yeah. yeah. He just said it, and then I was like, hey, let me know when that's uh, official. And then we were like, mm, drop the episode. <laughs> yes. Was. But he, he did let us know. Well, it was like... Three weeks before? Yeah. Three? No. That's good stuff. We protect him. Yeah. Good stuff. Appreciate you guys. We protect so, uh, you. Yeah, you became a state youth director. You started yes. working at my church. Yes. Which was a ministry. Funny story for that, just for our listeners. I, I Actually, when I got the news that Chris was coming here, I, I got it from my mom, oddly enough, because she's on the church board or something. But, or something. Uh, yeah, something, something like that. But she I got was, a boat. Yeah. <laughs> I was at my dinner room table. And I was praying just about how I wanted to get back to ministry and stuff and how I just needed someone who could come along and help guide me a little bit more. And basically, I needed a friend. Not to be depressing, but, you know, I needed someone close that I could talk to and kind of relate to with that kind of stuff. And then sure. while I was praying, my mom texted because uh, she'd been texting me, asking me about Chris. And I was like, it's just weird that you're asking me about Chris, but I'll just answer these questions. <laughs> she refused to tell me why she asked them. And then uh, while I was praying, she just texted me, Chris is coming to our church. And I was like, oh. Cool. Nice. Yeah. So, Thanks, Mom. Um, yeah. You work at the church now. I do. I do. I just uh, help pastor and whatever needs to be done. You know, uh, you just get it done. Which coming here is kind of a whole God moment 
it within itself. You know, we were uh, doing some things, and we were just kind of praying. A lot of people wanted us to come and do a lot of different things at their churches. Um, yeah, I kind of wanted you to go to my church. Uh, you did. You actually, we've yeah. been talking about that a little bit. And um, But I'm not upset. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, for a while, you went to this church more anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, yeah, so we were just praying, and, uh, you know, the bishop called. Eight o'clock one morning and presented a case and we just knew it was the Lord. And so here we are. He's talking, when you say the bishop, he's talking about Pastor Gary. He's been on the episode a couple on the episode. Not this episode. He's been on the show a couple times. Before. Actually the first he's coming call, in right now. Actually the first call was Bishop Kim Baker. Yep. Uh, but of course with approval from Pastor Gary. There was a few there was a few bishops involved. Yeah, yeah, they are. Uh, good guy. Which is great, right? So so when are you gonna be a bishop? Uh, yeah, I'm not really shooting for that title. Oh, that uh, seems really what seems like the place to get it. Yeah, on the whole church podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, well, yeah. we've had a couple. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah, not as interested. Uh, titles don't mean as much to me. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I honor and respect them, but yeah. I can be Chris. Invested in okay. doing God's yes. work. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, let's see, is there anything else they need to know that's, that's happened since last was it May? The last year, pretty much. It's been about a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been on. Long time. No, not too much. That's yeah. about it. Damn it. That, that's uh, a still, that's still yeah, a lot. No, it's not a boring year at all. Big stuff. Big I uh, stuff, a lot of moves. Uh, I hope we can have you on again to talk good. about, he's doing a lot of work with the Harvest Ministries Mission House. We've talked about that. Was, yeah. I think that was the third episode. We had Gene Pike on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it was, was great. Really great. Uh, Chris is actually going to get to go to Peru. Yes. Over the summer. Yes. And um, hopefully when you come back, we'll have you back on and we can talk about that and what it's like to see the work you've done in the Mission House and what it's accomplishing over in Peru. Because uh, for those great. of you who maybe haven't heard that episode, our church sponsors the Mission House. Gene Pike runs. Um, who's a dean, right? Dean Gene Pike? Dean Gene? Is that the thing? Dr. Pike. We yeah, call some, him Dr. Something. Pike. Yeah. yeah, he's got a few titles. But uh, he, he went to Peru, cared so much about it that he started selling paint cans out of the back of his car. And then eventually that led to us having a mission house, which led to us having our own store. And it just basically sells um, dent and scratch stuff from Lowe's to raise money to help those kids in Peru. And uh, feeds them, opens churches, all, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Chris gets to be part of that. And he's, this summer, gets to go to Peru and see what it's doing. Uh, and we'll talk to him more about that then. Yeah. yeah. Um, so today... We have Chris on because he is a literalist, meaning that he reads the Bible from a literal stance, not that he reads everything in the Bible as a literal thing. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that more in a little bit. Um, before we do, I want to talk about how how we got or where we got our takes on reading the Bible. Like, Where do you learn to read the Bible? Where did literalism come from? Was that uh, just passed on to you, or? Yeah, no, it just kind of came, uh, actually, yes, it was uh, a statement made by uh, Jim Fawcett, I'll never forget, his James G. Fawcett from the Piedmont Church, uh, I was a confused young man, just trying to figure it all out, going through life, and uh, he just stopped me one day and said, you know, if you really want to understand it, uh, just grab the Bible, pray about it, and start reading, and yeah. so that just really inspired me. Um, and as I've went on through my life, I have just, you know, found people that they just read it for what it is. Uh, they believe God plainly spoke and, and that we can take it at face value. Yeah. And so it's, uh, it's just been something that has 
really moved my life in a great direction. TJ's going to ask more about it in a second. But before we do, just I'm just curious. Is that a you take it at face value as it is in the English or as its original language, or it just doesn't matter as long as you pick it up and you read it? That's that. Well, I believe um, I, I read a lot of versions of the Bible. Um, I believe first thing you have to do is be willing to pray about it and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Yeah. Uh, if something is is uh, negative or something um, divisive going on, I believe the Spirit will show you. And so I just choose to uh, believe that the Spirit of God is going to guide me. And so when I pick up my Bible, uh, my bishop, Bishop Barry Manley, he was the first bishop I ever worked under, and he gave me a really cool way to do it. He said, you pray about it, you read about it, and you pray about it. Yeah. Uh, and that just has worked for me. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to an audiobook about what is Reformed theology, just because I was interested. And uh, I can drop a link or something. I don't know who wrote it. I've just been bored and listening to it. But uh, the guy was talking about how Protestants believe the Bible compared to Catholics. And uh, the Catholic Church, and it's an important difference, since the Catholic Church believes that the infallible act of the Church canonize the infallible scripture. Whereas Protestants will say that the fallible church canonized the infallible Bible. Which goes into how we believe that translations can be fallible. Whereas a lot of the Catholics will say, well, we endorse, we, if the church were to ordain a specific translation, that would be an infallible translation. We don't necessarily believe that. We believe the Bible as it originally was, and meant to be, that is what is invaluable. Sure. Yeah. Just, I've been listening to that, it made me think about it when we were talking about literalism. When we say literalism, it does get back to, translations can matter, basically. That's all I want to say. Sure. It can matter. I, I think it doesn't usually can matter, but it can. because sometimes things get lost in translation. Uh, which brings back the first point is you have to be able to pray and allow the Holy Spirit yeah. to guide you. If very Pentecostal no, answer, by the way. Well, it's, it. it's a very real answer. If you're not allowing the Spirit to guide you, the scriptures it will guide you into all truth. And yeah. most people that are having these troubles with the scriptures is they're searching for answers that they can't find, not knowing that the truth will be given to them if they allow the Holy Spirit to guide. Yeah. Um, now, I, I think a slightly different answer than Chris. Hmm. I'm sure TJ will play, get to play mediator a couple times, unless it'd be fun. But I, uh, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a literalist. I end up agreeing with literalist a lot of the time. Hmm. Probably most of the time. Because they're right. Huh. But uh, <laughs> because they're right. <laughs> no, we we talked about my views on it before. Uh, we had it's probably a hermeneutic talk or something like that. Oh no, what was it? Casual Bible talk. That's the name of the episode. Right before serious Bible talk, which aren't related episodes. <laughs> They just happen to both be about the Bible. But, uh, yeah. And, uh, basically, my, my belief is that, uh, each author had an original purpose for what he was writing to an original audience. I care about that purpose. That purpose to me is what's important. I focus on that. If it happens to be that purpose was to tell us history, I think that that's literal and absolute. If the purpose of it was to tell us a moral of something, I care about the moral. It might be literal or might not. To me, I don't care. I want to know why the Bible's telling me what it's telling me and how it applies to my life. I could lose a lot of the other stuff. Mostly because I don't like a lot of the arguments we have. I think a lot of them are pointless. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. Sure. I'm sure. 
Um, the, the main reason I mention it is because uh, a lot of people will confuse that with a moralist view of the Bible. I'm not that. Just not. And, uh, yeah, so the reason we're talking about all this, before TJ takes over for a little bit, we're starting a new series. We're going to go through the Bible and all the main parts of the Bible that people like to argue about. So yeah. we're at Genesis 1. No, just Obadiah. Just, just Obadiah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, the main scriptures people like to argue about, we're going to talk about why they argue it, different views. Uh, uh, most of the time, unless I think it's vitally important, we're not going to tell you guys our views on when we do this. We're going to tell you what all the views are, how we think we can have unity despite these views. Because our focus is how to have unity. Right? So uh, just letting you guys know that we're not always going to tell you what we think of the scripture. We might tell you what our church thinks, because sometimes that's important. And uh, for stuff, uh, it'll be a lot like the last episode we had on, where we talked about um, the recent split in the Methodist Church about homosexuality. Um, we did tell you our views then, because it was vitally important. But uh, it'll be like that, where we go through the scriptures, talk about the debate, all the different stances. And that, that's basically what we're going to do, but through the whole Bible. Um, and for those of you who didn't listen to that, we did say that we, <laughs> we, we still like act homosexuality as a sin. So just so no one just ever confuses us, I like to be as clear as possible. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's basically going to be the series. Same thing we did in the last podcast, but through the whole Bible and... Not just because of splits. Also, just throwing that out there, dude. Did everybody see what the, the church in Texas just got off from the general the, the assemblies of God? Yeah. I did see over homosexual. Then I ignored it. Yeah. Well, it was interesting to me because we said last episode that it'd probably be a while before that gets to some of the other denominations. And like one week later, that happened. <laughs> so I'm like, like, oh, you know, we probably won't have to worry about that for probably 30 years. And, you know, seven days later, it's like, actually, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's all. I was gonna say it, it's never Texas. I was gonna say it's always Texas, but that's just not true. I would, I would have expected it for California. When I thought it was a big deal. There's no assemblies of God church in California. There's no way. <laughs> if you're assemblies of God in California, please email us at the whole church at the whole church at gmail.com. Not the whole church podcast. Just the whole church at gmail.com. Right. Also, just let's know what it's like to be a Pentecostal in California and how you do it. We would love to know. Um. Yeah. Steve, you want to take over? Sure. I'll ramble for a while. You have. Uh, so basically, this episode is going to be about the different ways people read Bibles. Uh, we're going to start with the literist, literalist, literist, the most litter. Uh, we're going to start with the literalist <laughs> perspective. Uh, some notable literalists are Martin Luther, John Calvin, Chris Galloway, uh, yes. Thomas Aquinas, uh, Nicholas of Lyre, Lyra. And who is John Collet? You know, I don't really know. Okay, thanks, Josh. So you're just a list of names I found. Oh, yeah, these are good names. Right. So that might be important to somebody, though. Uh, we have a literalist in the room. Yeah. So at some point, I assume he's going to take over from what I'm saying and correct what I might say. <laughs> but from my understanding, the literalist point of view means they have they can find a plain meaning in every verse of the Bible. Or almost every verse of the Bible. Sure. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that they think it's a literal meaning. I'm sure Chris does not read the book of mm-hmm. Psalms and go, yep, dashing babies against rocks, that's a good thing, all right. No, no, there has to be context uh, in what you read. But there is a plain meaning behind every scripture. Yeah. So, Chris, you want to take over context? and tell us about this view? Uh, yeah, I think it all just, I think it all starts in Genesis, the first chapter. 
uh, I think that's where the whole views get turned, is that I think people can't believe that for what it is. They can't believe the stories of creation. And so um, as they begin to get confused there, then it just kind of continues on throughout their studies of scriptures. Um, and so for me, uh, I've learned that you just have to take it for what it says. Uh, like you said, not literally. Um, there's some scriptures, you know, if, if, if my eyes calls me to sin, to pluck it out. I don't believe that you literally pluck your eyes out, but I do believe there's a plain meaning behind that. Uh, and if you study uh, and allow the Holy Spirit, I know that's the Pentecostal answer, right? But the okay. Holy Spirit isn't just plainly Pentecostal. The Holy Spirit is from God. Right. And, yeah, go ahead. Oh, this is just a fun note. Um, fun Sister note. Rose, we had a few episodes back, we had her on. I interviewed her once about the Catholic Church and what they believe about the Holy Spirit. Not on a podcast, uh, I think it was for a paper or something. There are Catholic churches who believe in speaking in tongues and stuff. Mm-hmm. And apparently, other Catholics call them the Happy Clappy Church. And I just find <laughs> nice. that hilarious. Nice. Well, I believe in speaking in tongues, but I also believe there's good people that do not speak in tongues. Um, right. And so that's something to me, whether you speak in tongues or you don't speak in tongues, it doesn't matter to your salvation. Uh, I believe there's something special about it. I believe that God can do great things through you. Uh, but, of course, you have to be willing. There, There's much more fruits or gifts that God gives that are uh, different than speaking in tongues. For sure. Right. We won't do tongues talk. Too, uh, let's don't do that. <laughs> We're on the Word of God. And one of the things that, that I always say as the person who believes it plainly is there's the scripture that says the Word of God is alive and it's active. Right. And so some people say, well, if you take it out of context, then this is who they were talking to. And this is exactly what it meant, Chris. And, and you can't go that way. Uh, but it goes back to alive and active. It, it has to be alive in your life. It has to be active in your life. So when you read it, um, Reverend Bill Shepard, he says it best to me all the time. He's my 98 year old mentor name dropping because I love this guy. Uh, <laughs> he's 98. He's my mentor. But he tells me God said what he meant. And he meant what he said. And if we could just live by that. Uh, we wouldn't be wandering around confused uh, about the scriptures. Yeah. All scripture is God breathed, right? That's that's another right. scripture. It says all scripture is God breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Uh, and so, if, if you're confused, right? Yeah. And are, I, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. You're all right. Uh, I just have scriptures for days about this. You know, it's, yeah. it's not just to listen to the words, but to act upon the words, but not literally every single word, but there's the plain meaning, and you have to be able to find it. Yeah. I, um, not not to uh, cause him to stumble or give him too much pride, but I, I would actually like to praise Chris for some of this. You know, a lot of people say they're literalists, and they, you know, they mean it, oh yeah, I do this, and then they come to scripture that they don't like, and all of a sudden... Uh, no, that meant something else. That was actually about the heavens, or, you know, uh, Song of Songs is a big one. You know, people read that, like, oh, I, don't, I don't want to take this literally. Or, uh, th- yeah, that's not plainly that. It means something else, which it sure. might mean both. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, they get to some scriptures that are challenging, and all of a sudden, oh, it's not plain. Yeah, I'm a literalist, except for Genesis 1. <laughs> like, we, we yeah, can't do that. I'm a literalist, where... but starting at Exodus. <laughs> And that's where they get confused, is that it's these scriptures we can't understand. Uh, one thing, I guess, since we're talking about this, is, you know, people, uh, me personally, the whole gap theory, 
Uh, people got confused with the scriptures. They let a cuckoo bird's beak slip into their uh, <laughs> place. They didn't know what to do. And so all of a sudden we have this gap theory in Genesis that just explains letting evolution in millions and millions of years into our Bibles. Uh, but I believe that the scripture is true. The scripture is correct. And um, you just take it at that. And Psalms, it says one of the Psalms, and I take it literally, it says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? It's by living according to the word. And so, you know, there's so many scriptures that tell you and teach you that if you live by the word of God, um, and again, goes back to alive and active in your life, yeah. um, you can take it literally no. for face value. Yeah. I, I would like to challenge some literalists. Sure. Um, I think when, when you're when you're looking for the plain meaning, mm-hmm. I think it's important to sometimes ignore the chapter and verse numbers. I think uh, some stories, and I remember one um, Luke from Somerville Church. I, I won't give his last name because I didn't get permission to talk about him. But uh, <laughs> I remember him talking one once while I was going to church there about uh, the story who of the widow who gave her last bit or you know money. Right. Yeah, you know I've always I've heard that story so many times in kids' church. In my head, it's still a penny. I'm like, oh, okay, it's obviously was a penny. Yeah, but like, no, they used American pennies. Yeah. Abe Lincoln. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's what it was. But uh, yeah, what what have you? And he's talking about the whole story. You know, people always hear this, and it's that's why you're supposed to give as much as you can to God. And he's talking about, okay, now let's read the whole story beforehand. What was Jesus? Who was Jesus talking to? What was going on? And it was the Pharisees and the people who benefited from the money being gained. Sure. And he was like, look at this. You are taking her money. You're taking everything she has, and you're not helping them again. And it's still the same meaning, but it expanded. It makes it grander. And I think a lot of times people are, I'm a literalist, but I'm a literalist who only goes through Facebook and sees some verses, and I believe those verses I occasionally see yes. are literal. There, there has to be context, because yeah. if, you, if you do that, then there are verses in the Bible when you say, I just pick and choose these verses because I'm a literalist. Um, people are going to destroy you, yeah. and they're going to make you look crazy, uh, right. especially if you can't explain yourself. Um, and so that's why I say there has to be some context in what yeah. you're reading, and you know there has to be that plain meaning to the scripture. Yeah. Um, not every word, literally every yeah. word. Right. And context is really important because you get to some verses, like Luke twenty two thirty six. It says, <laughs> you know, they're going on an expedition. It says, oh, you know, ye who have given a money bag, you need it out, whatever. Uh, it says, if you do not have a sword, sell your cloak and buy one. Doesn't mean I don't think he's telling us everyone should own a sword. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. I believe everyone should. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I don't think that's what that's about. Yeah. You know, for the regular person. Yeah. Of course. Just, sure. But there is a plain meaning behind Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Uh, if you were to study out the scripture, right. then you would find the plain meaning and you could apply it to your life. I think I think more of the scripture is made for us to uh, study out, to let God inspire us, and then not to understand every thing about God. I often tell people if I could understand everything there is about God in my little mind, uh, then he wouldn't be God. There yeah. has to be some level of faith in, in how we operate. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be scriptures you're not going to understand. And I believe that God will give you revelation uh, as to, it says study to show yourself approved unto yeah. God. You can pull context, you can throw context out the window, whatever you want, but that scripture can stand alone by itself and say, if you would study, 
then you would show yourself worthy of the revelation that God's going to give you. Because there's there's so many people. Uh, yeah. It's like it's like I said, Michael Jordan. He was a great basketball player, right? But he knew things about basketball that none of us white guys in this room <laughs> know about basketball. So there there has to be that study. There has to be that practice. And as you do that with God, I believe that he reveals things to you that yeah. others may not catch on yeah. to. And, and that and verse that, in particular means be ready to face adversity. Sure. I, I believe from yeah. you know, that standpoint, because that's what he's talking about. But Yeah. Now, one more thing before we move on to the other few and people read are. We said on this the longest that as most people claim to be a literalist, and uh, especially most of our listeners, and we have literalists in our so we're going to go through the others probably a little bit quicker. Um, we're worrying about, you know, context and studying verses individually, because I see a lot of people do this. They'll study a verse's context, or they'll study a book's context. And all that. Listen, when the Bible says study, show yourself approved, what I believe that means, and I feel like the best way to keep from fault by looking into all the commentaries and all that, you would just study the whole Bible. Something our pastor, Pastor Gary, likes to say. Sure. And I think it's... Some possibly the wisest statement I've heard in my life. Prove the Bible with the Bible. You gotta yes. know the whole thing. If you don't know the whole thing, then you can study one part as much as you want and still just be wrong. Um, one thing I, I I like that kind of illustrates that um, in Daniel, it talks about seven times seventy, and that's how long the people had to suffer. So when you go and you hear Jesus say seven times seventy times. You know, a lot of people go, oh, that's huge, forgive a lot. And I'm like, oh, no, it's so much so more, much more so much more. It means forgive as much as you've suffered. And that's that's a whole other, yeah, that's a whole can of worms we right. get into. But, so then but, the yeah. whole concept becomes that if we want to understand and we want to know, the first thing we have to do is be willing to study the Scripture. And read it. And read it. Yeah. Please read your Bible. This was a yes. <laughs> public service announcement from Harvest Ministries and Whole Church Body. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, uh, yeah, so the other views. <laughs> 490 uh, times. Yeah. We have that many times. <laughs> yes, it, it literally means that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so we're going to some of the other views. One thing I'd like to say, a lot of people pick and choose. Some verses, they're literalists. Some verses, they're moralists. You know, that, that comes up with a lot of problems. That's called confusion. Yeah. In medieval times, I forget who it was, but there for a while there was a practice of the church that you had to understand each verse all four of these ways. You have to know the plain meaning, the morals meaning, the allegorical meaning, and the anagogical meaning. What was that, like six dudes every night in the church? (laughs) There's no way there were a bunch of people doing that. Well, it was a practice of the church for a while. That's crazy. Weird stuff. uh, So the moralist view basically says you look at the ethical lessons of each scripture. And that, that's pretty much it. Genesis 1, there was a moral to it. That's it. That's all I have to say is infallible and inevitable. Not inevitable, ineffable. That, that's, inevitable. All, that's all I need to be focused on. It already happened. Yeah. And, and some scriptures, that, that works. Honestly, the literalist and the moralist are going to have the same view on a lot of the chapters in Psalms. But then you get to the history of Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, wildly different views. Now, does that affect one's salvation? Not necessarily, but when we get to Jesus dying on the cross, coming back, whether or not hell is real, that kind of stuff, if you simplify that to just an ethical lesson or just a moral, I no longer think we can consider those people Christian. That's when we get to the first tier issues. For those of you who've followed the podcast for a while, you, you know we have the 
first, second, third tiers that we talked about. Uh, that's where it's a very concerning view to be moralist. Um, and some people are moralist, but they understand that these things are also factual. I don't know. What, what do you think, Chris? How do you feel about moralists? Well, I think sometimes we get lost in, in our morals, and we think, you know, because he is the loving God, then everything has to have the moral meaning. Um, but, you know, a man dying on a cross and, and being brutally beaten, um, there's not a lot of moral in that, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty hardcore stuff. The moralists don't do it. <laughs> no, they don't do it yeah. themselves. Don't persecute other people. All right, I got the moral. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it all goes back to Jesus. Well, and that's that's what brought about Gnosticism, right? Which is talked about in the Bible. Several of Jesus' own disciples condemn that. And, and you know, I'm not condemning all of moralists. If there are moralists who's listening to this and they happen to believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus and believe in hell and all that, I am not condemning you. What I am saying is, if you take it so extreme that you dismiss the facts of the Bible, the necessary parts of salvation. That's when, you know, we're the whole church podcast, but we can't be a whole church if we don't have a head of the church. Yeah. Which is well, Jesus it takes Christ. out the, the proper foundation yeah. of the gospel. When you start, you know, trying to have these moral views on everything, then you take out the proper foundation. And without the foundation, then it's just another book that we could read. Uh, and, and there's nothing to it past that. Now, a lot of these, the other views, not literalist, kind of build on each other. Next one is uh, allegorical. They believe everything in the Bible is actually basically an analogy. This represents this, and there's a direct correlation of how that affects my life. You know, Israel represents me. This represents the enemy. And, you know, they, they, they do stuff like that, and uh, they have what's layers of meaning. Okay, this literally happened, but here's the analogy, and then, you know, they build off of that. Um it's not necessarily directly contrary to literalist. However, because there's that layer, they could say this literally happened, but there's also an analogy. But they focus sure. so much on that, a lot of times they'll read the same scripture and come up with a different interpretation, even if they believe it literally happened. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that's kind of that viewpoint. Um, Clement of Alexandria, Origen, a few of the classical Catholic fathers, they kind of started that. Um, I don't think it's used that much anymore, but a lot of times people kind of fall back to that when they don't like the scripture, basically. Which, you know, I'm not condemning it. I'm just saying what it is, saying how it is. You know, a lot a lot of people are literalists, but except for Song of Songs, that's allegorical, man. <laughs> well, okay, let's say. Uh, which layers of meaning are a thing? Um, I remember C.S. Lewis writes as a reflection of the Psalms, and he shows how a lot of the Psalms to us today, we read, and it's clearly about Jesus. When that guy wrote it, it was not about Jesus. But, you know, a lot of times we have the truth, and then later it becomes more true. And I think a lot of us have done that. Sure. We said something, and then later on we're like, man, I did not know how true that was. If you've ever had Facebook memories, you know what we're talking about. You're like, little did I know, life really does suck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, man, you thought it, that was good, but you didn't know what was better. And uh, that does happen. There are, there are such things as layers of meaning. I don't have a problem with how you view it in any of those categories as long as you understand that Jesus came in real time to real earth to solve the problem of sin, to redeem us back into God. And no matter how you choose to view the Bible, you have to view Jesus as that. Uh, if not, then being the 
plain spoken littleness, um, you can't go. Right? You know, and big so, problem for the whole church podcast. <laughs> we can't I, be united. Well, you know, we can be united, but you can't be united without Jesus. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, if we were to sit and say, well, we want to be united, you can believe in this Jesus and I'll believe in that Jesus, then we're not doing the work that he sent us to do. Right. It's our job to point them in that direction. And so, however, your interpretation of the Bible comes about, uh, you first have to start there. Pastor, you, you mentioned pastor a lot of times, but not just this pastor, but most pastors that I've sat under, uh, most men of God that I choose to learn from, uh, they always tell me the place you start is with Jesus. And, and if you find out where people stand with Jesus, then you can understand everything else about them. Yeah. It's when people can't get that in their mind, they can't get the foundation of Christ and why he came, then they start chasing all these other things in the Bible, and they start trying to come up with the moral concepts and, and the different uh, mythological things that might go on, you know, and it's not as true as it once Speaking was. Speaking of mythological, yeah, the last that. interpretation is a form of mysticism, and it fell out of allegorical. It's technically a type of analogy, but it's, uh, sure. yeah, TJ. It's so, uh, anagogical, or anagogical, if you prefer to say it that way, mystical, uh, they relate all scriptures in the Bible to life in a not literal way. Well, it's uh, everything's related to the heavenly or the afterlife kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's uh, when it talks about Jerusalem, it's talking about the New Jerusalem, or if it's talking about the you know, they, yeah, they think everything is spiritual. And you know, I do think, and as a literalist, maybe you agree, maybe you don't. You can over spiritualize certain parts of the Bible. Sure. That would that would be the danger. Of course, you know, a, a lot of it is spiritual. A lot of it is about heaven. A lot of it is about a lot of it is, yeah. but a lot of it has to do with the life you're living right here. Um, you know, that that's the whole James thing. Don't just hear what you're saying. Don't deceive yourselves just by hearing it. You have to become doers of the word. And yeah. You have to do what it says. Uh, you have to apply those biblical principles to your life. Yeah. And yeah, I, I will say. I'm impressed by some of the people who do this because they're looking at the Bible and constantly thinking about that, constantly thinking about what's next. Sure. I think that's great. It now, is there's great. a danger, but I mean, unless you miss the point of why you're here, yeah, um, and we're not witnessing to those yeah. that are around us, so we're so caught up in going to heaven that we forget that the yeah. people around us, God wanted them to go to. Yeah. Now, of course, if you're looking at it and you're so excited about heaven, are you telling everybody about it and Jesus? Hot dog, you know, sure, that's, but, that's uh, probably a good thing, yeah, um, <laughs> probably. But uh, I, I don't mean to dismiss any of the views, uh, I'm a little bit closer to literalist than or moralist than some of the others. But uh, these are the four main ways people read the Bible, and when we go through the Bible and we're looking at scriptures, people argue they're arguing it because most likely because they're reading it one of these four ways. Most people aren't consistent which, which one of these four. They'll say they are, usually aren't. That's just how it is. You know, not it's hard to, to self-identify. Yeah, not, not trying to start a fight with anybody, but you know, a lot of the people who gap theory, they're literalist in pretty much all the Bible, except for this first chapter. <laughs> yeah, some great people yeah. I know believe in different yeah. things, but I tell them the main thing that, that I believe God wants to focus on through the entirety of the Scripture was the redemption of man. Mm-hmm. Back unto God. If we can agree there, and then, for me, it's Jesus Christ. Yeah, uh, That's that tier one issue. 
there is no way you want it. That's that's what matters. Yeah, and the, the most. I think I like to think of a, a house. You said foundation, right? Sure. If we have different Jesuses, we're building different houses. We can't be united. We're not part of the same house. And that's Someone much said to me the other day. They said if you build the foundation of the house, you don't go back and put another foundation on top. You begin to build the house. And so that's that's kind of our, our deal, is that we can't get the foundation right. That's why I say, uh, for me, you start in Genesis 1, you read it, and you believe that's exactly what God did, and that's exactly how God did it. Um, I won't get into the yeah. whole gap theory. Yeah, and the day. Of, you know, yeah I, I believe everything in the Bible is as it says, but seven days? Now, to, to clarify, to clarify, I don't necessarily view Genesis 1 as literalist or anything. I uh I don't think that's the point of the scripture. As such, I just don't concern myself with whether it's seven days or gap theory or anything. I'm like, you know what? I do a lot of, um, I think it's been termed before, I don't care theology. Where I'm like, you know what? If this theology doesn't impact what the scripture is trying to tell me, I don't care about that theology. Sure. Yeah. Which, uh, we'll get into that more. This is a spoiler. See, see next week, or next week, next <laughs> podcast will be about Genesis 1. I, I've only ever had one issue with Genesis 1. And it's whose day? <laughs> he created the day. We didn't know it was called the day. I mean, I, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get that next podcast. I promise. Everybody. How long is a day for God? <laughs> There's so many different ways people read that and whatever. Chris has told us his. I'll talk to you guys about the other ones next podcast. Me and DJ will have a whole conversation about it, and I will debate all of the sides because I don't have one, which is just fun. Um. Yeah, so, sorry, DJ. So, how can we be united if we read these the, the Bible in these different ways, these four different ways, or a combination of these different ways? Uh, for me, it goes back to, um, you have to understand why we have a scripture. You have to understand that um, scripture is proven. It's lasted longer than any of us. It will last longer than all of us, um, and it goes back to the redemption of man. It is why God decided that we needed a book. It's why it's he decided that we needed something to go by. So how we unite is, first thing, I believe the way you unite is, first of all, people need truth, and the way they find truth is, first, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Um, if we can't unite on the foundation of Jesus, I think we'll forever be separated. But if we agree about Jesus, can we be united even if we read the Bible different ways? I think that you can, as long as you don't read it in such a way that you become confused. Um, you or, know, a or a heretic. Or a heretic. Yeah. There's a lot of that going no around. Me. There, there's a lot of <laughs> things that go around that say, you know, this is the way you should read the Bible, and this is the way you should understand the Bible. Um, but what I'm finding in my life, um, and, and some people say, well, you could be wrong, and and. I agree with them. Maybe I'm wrong, but I choose to believe that it is through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Whether I don't mean Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. I mean the Spirit of God dwelling inside of your body. I mean that He will guide and direct you into all truth. And if there's something you don't understand, um, listen, when I first started doing geometry, there was lots of things I didn't <laughs> understand about geometry. But as I continued to study and continue to go through, then... Um, they were able to tell me things and there would be more revelation on what was going on. And I believe God is the same way. He's not going to give you everything up front because, again, there has to be a certain level of faith that you choose to live by. 
Uh, and if there is no faith, then how can you really even believe in God at all if yeah. there's no faith, right? I tell people all the time, do you believe in a God that you've never seen to take you to a heaven that you can't really verify except outside the scripture? And we believe in a book that they say he left behind, but then we question everything about it. Yeah. Uh, it makes no sense to me. I don't think you can separate these things. If he's God, then there must be a heaven. And if there's a heaven, then there must be a hell. And if there's all these things, and he said he left us a scripture, then I believe you can read it and just plainly take what it says uh, and, and go with it. Yeah. And watch your well, life go in areas you never thought it was going to go in before. I, I challenge people on the whole church podcast and everywhere that <laughs> I go. Um, you know, maybe maybe you don't take it literally. Maybe you don't believe there is plain meaning behind each text. Uh, but I always challenge them, why don't you just try it? Why don't you yeah. try to pray about it? Actually pray. Here, I tell folks all the time, uh, one thing that separates me from most people is that when I tell you I pray every day, I'm not lying about that. I actually choose to pray <laughs> every day. I actually choose to open the Bible every day and read something. Do I understand it all? No, I don't. But I know that God understands His inspired Word. Yeah, something might pop out to me once. This is we're gonna we're gonna move on and talk about other stuff here in a second. One time, once my papa told me, and it made no sense when he said it, but now now I get it. But you know, the older you get, if you're really growing in God, the harder it is to answer the question, "What is prayer?" And I was, man, that makes so much sense because you know I'm at the point now where anything that happens, I'm not working. Like, God, I don't think this chicken's gonna cook in time. I'm gonna run out of chicken. Yeah, I'm literally just talking to God like all day in my head. Sure. Like, oh, you know what? It does become harder because like there are times that I stop and talk to God, but a lot of times I'm just so much talking to him that it, it's hard to tell the difference. It's hard to say, okay, now it's time for prayer. What, what do you mean? We haven't been doing that? <laughs> I think you first have to look at the model of Jesus. Uh, he was constantly yeah. disappearing by himself to yeah. go out and pray. And uh, one thing I heard that was really intriguing to me was that Jesus would spend a lot of time with God in prayer, and then he would go out to places, and he would make statements, and things would change. People's hearts would change. People's lives would change. Uh, there is some scripture that teaches us to go in the room and close the door. You know, they think that's old school closet prayer. But I believe that's where it's at, is you, you have to take that personal time for God, because you can be God-conscious all day, but never really earnestly seek out I do think after you have to do both. The Bible says meditate day and night. Sure, it says uh, pray without ceasing. And also, you see those examples. You know, you go to pray, pause, do all that. I think it just becomes harder to distinguish it, almost. You know, even when I stop, it's like, I'm stopping the, to do what I've kind of been doing in the background and bring it to the forefront. Yeah. And that's pretty much what prayer is to me now, is taking the background noise of me and God talking well, there has to be more of a diligence yeah. in the prayer. Um, you know, just walking around thinking about God is, which is great. By no means, don't stop yeah. doing that. <laughs> it's amazing. But there's something totally different about going in a room by yourself and diligently seeking God for wisdom and understanding. Yeah. And that, to me, is where people end up in their lives becoming confused about Scripture. And they, you know, read it this way, read it that way. Listen, I don't care how you read it. If you diligently seek the face of God every day, He's going to reveal to you what you need to know. Which, we'll move on after, right before we started the podcast, Chris said, you were talking, I'm going to quote you. I'm not going to quote you, I don't don't remember exact words. You were talking about how, uh, what was it, back when we only had King James, people had to pray more to understand it. Yes. Uh, And I I think that 
That's a good thing. You know, Reverend Shepherd. Praying on the thing about is good. My 98-year-old mentor. He yeah. said in his day coming up, all they had was the Bible. They couldn't go on Google and find the answer. Uh, there were some books, but not all books. And so the way that he would learn is he would pray and seek after God, and God would reveal things to him. And and let I mind people, 98 years old, still in love with God, uh, did ministry over 60 years and was married over 70 years and was happily married. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, you look at the consistency in his life. Uh, he was a school teacher. He was a pastor. Uh, you know, he preached in state conferences, all over the, all these things in his life. He had great success. Um, and, it, and it was because he lived by those principles yeah. uh, that I will seek after the Holy Spirit. I will seek after the wisdom of God, and he will reveal it to me. So, good stuff. In conclusion, pray to understand the Bible. Um, no matter how you read the Bible, you have to understand hell, heaven, and Jesus are things. Uh, Jesus died and resurrected. And uh, if we have the same foundation of Jesus, we can be united, even though we're going to disagree some. We'll talk about this a whole lot more in our series we're starting. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. We don't have a name for it. It's the unnamed series until you guys name it. Right. Send us the name. You tell us the name. It's up to you. Um, that being said, we're going to talk, jump into the the whole reason people listen to the podcast, really. Yeah. Train them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's why we listen. Because occasionally I get to talk about things. And all my qualifications are absolutely nothing other than I just kind of like trains. But that, that's it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but today's isn't even about actual trains, right? No. Okay. <laughs> no. No. I don't know. About it's very, very seldomly is it about actual trains. <laughs> That's good. I, I know nothing. I just like to mention trains, and it's a silly segment we get to do because silly segments are fun. They are fun. Yeah. So uh, today's train talk is fourfold. First, I would like to announce to everyone that uh, Disney World just recently opened a ride at Hollywood Studios very shortly after I was there, which kind of makes me mad because I wasn't there. Uh, that's a Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Train opening the Hollywood Studios. Um, it's basically just you ride a train with Goofy as the conductor and you get to go on a, a little journey watching Mickey and Minnie on a date, which is kind of stalkerish, kind of creepy, but uh, that's that's what you do. That's what this ride is. Uh, it looks like it's semi thrill, but not a roller coaster. It's a very interesting looking ride. I can't wait to ride it personally. Very train train related. Yeah. Um, other train news. Uh, I'm gonna do that one last. I got to ride the Harry Potter train, Universal. It was great. It was a lot of fun, and I was on a train. Everyone deserves to know that I was on a train. That's important stuff. God blessed me with a train ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that wasn't a train at all. It's just kind of probably a monorail that they decorated to look like a train. Yeah, and when not, you, it's not a train. When you get in. <laughs> There's rooms in the rooms so that you're walked away so that your room looks like a train because the outer room is not a train at all. It's it's strange. It's very strange. That's because it's, it's cool train. though because it has like a little projector when you do it and it shows like a it makes it look like you're going through the Harry Potter world stuff. So there's like the forest and the little weird creatures. A Dementor tried to grab me at one point. It's kind of cool. It's interesting. Um. Also today at work. My manager, to keep everyone's mood uplifted, because we were extremely busy, sung Locomotive, which is on our train playlist. Like Locomotive? 
Oh, okay. Dance now. Yeah, I was Come thinking. Come on, baby. Do like Guns N' Roses. <laughs> 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 that would have been great. And uh, finally, well, the only important train news of the day <laughs> is uh, St. Matthew's Catholic Church. You know, our good friend uh, Father Pat's been on the podcast a few times, or a few twice. Um, That's they, one of the most people. Yes, that is true. They're having their VBS this summer is going to be the Rocky Railroad. Or sorry, Rocky Railway VBS. So their kids get to learn about trains and Jesus. Nice. Just like the old church podcast. So St. Matthew's is... On top of it. Yeah, they're following our example. Good job, St. Matthew's Catholic <laughs> Church. <laughs> oh, man. So that, that being said, uh, that, that, I think that's all my so trains. Anybody else got trains. stuff to talk about trains? Nope. Have you heard any good train songs lately? Nope. Not new ones. That's sad. Do better. All right. Have you? No. Okay. All right. That's it for train talk. <laughs> right. So uh, we're going to end this episode, same way we end every episode, uh, with our God moment of the past five weeks. Yeah. So it has a twist, right? Yeah. So lime. No. No. Africa? No. Instead of, you know, the regular just one, and Josh will usually say a couple anyway, uh, we're either going to see how quickly we can name five, or just name as many as we can that have happened since our break. Yeah. That is if you cannot, if you can't get to five. Be five or less. Yeah. As quickly as possible. Less than or equal to five. You know, it's fine. I, I'm not even sure I can do five. I'm just pretty sure I could do five. But let's see. I only go made ahead. it five because it's been five weeks. Well, go ahead. Am I starting? Yeah. I'm starting this mm-hmm. job all? Yeah, it was your idea. Job all sweet now? Okay, so um, first, I was on the way to work, and I was listening to one of my worship playlists, and that song, um, Waymaker, came on. It was snow recently in Oklahoma, so it was snowing. I got into it enough that uh, it was, I don't usually speak in tongues, but I was alone. I was speaking in tongues with God and just had a very personal moment. Got to interpret my own message. It was very, I won't say what it was because it's very personal, but it was, oh no, it was very uplifting and powerful. Which leads me to my second God moment. That same song came on on our way to church, I think the next day. And my wife started singing it, and then I, I just didn't notice that we were both singing it at the same time. And it was really, we felt very connected, which was good. You know, um, when you feel connected to other believers in general, that's just very powerful because that's you're supposed to have unity with worship. And then having it with my wife was just extra cool. Um, let's see. The new job situation, uh, when I wasn't sure what I was going to do, I sat down with my boss's boss, and I didn't know what I was going to tell him. I didn't want to work Sundays, but I didn't see a way around it. And the manager who first hired me at Chipotle sent me a text when we sat down, offered me a spot at his store, or slightly less, but not as much as it would have been if I had stayed. So God made a way. That was really cool. Um, I already mentioned the Chris thing. Chris is here now. That's a God moment. Oh. Uh, <laughs> does that count? Yes. I have a friend. That's God moment four. <laughs> I got a friend. <laughs> um, uh, I might not be able to do five. I'm thinking. No, well, it's only been like two minutes, so. <laughs> nice okay. and All right. I'll, I'll let you do it. No, you keep going. I'm, I'm tapping out at four. All right. Uh, so, God moments over the past five weeks, uh, I got to spend four days uh, with my good friends Avery and Meredith McGrew. I uh, got to meet Avery's family. Never in my life have I met a more Christian, just wholesome family than the McGrew family. Uh, we played garage hockey. Uh, not related, but super fun. 
uh, we went to the NHL game together. It was my team versus their team. That was it was upsetting. Uh, let's see. You know, I'm just it's I'm grateful. I've been counting on my fingers. I already got to five, so I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I count that as five. Uh, but you know, uh, other than that, let's see. God, I don't know if it counts, but my grandfather is going to ring the bell for his. I don't remember cancer. Uh, this March, this oh that's this month. Uh, in two three weekends from now. Uh, does that count? Is that that's that super, five yeah, weeks yeah. or next five weeks? That's super counts. And you know, I think that might be. I thought of my flip one. I didn't remember. I did have a flip one. Um, Tiffany's grandmother recently passed, and at that funeral, it was just crazy to me how much laughter and joy there was. That was a big god moment for me because. Everyone, even you know people who maybe weren't Christians, I didn't know everybody there. I knew there were people from different churches, people from whatever. Everyone was just so sure where she went that they were just happy. And the entire service, instead of it being you know mourning and very solemn, whatever, it was just everybody getting up and sharing really cool memories they had with her about her talking about the Bible or whatever. And I was like, man, if only I could live such a life. You know, it was crazy. Okay, that that was my five. I did it. Uh, five. Okay, make it easy. There was uh, a kid at a church I was preaching at, and I got to pray with him, and he got saved. And, uh, let's see, I prayed with a homeless guy. He responded to the gospel in a different service, and uh, came down, and we prayed together, and uh, realized he was homeless and going through some things, and God started ministering to his heart, and I've heard he's been in church since then uh, with them. Uh, in the Mission Thank House God. store that we talked about, uh, met a guy, just began talking with them. And uh, found out he had a terminal disease and uh, just really encouraged him. He told me he doesn't believe that he's a Christian, but he believes that there's a God. So I invited him to church and he actually said he was coming. So the God moment will be if he shows up. No, I'm kidding. The God moment is that I met him. God moment to be determined. (laughs) No, the God moment is that I got to talk to him and that I got to encourage him. Uh, my son, that's a good one. My son has uh, a lung disease from how he was born very premature, and we've been very worried about um, his specialist that he has to go to. And so we found out that basically he's going to stay with the same specialist that he's been with since the day he was born. Uh, it takes a little extra travel time, but uh, we believe God orchestrated it that way so that he would be with someone uh, that would know him. Is that five? No, there's another one. Uh, I was praying the other day. I was feeling bad about some situations going on in my life. Um, Some things that I just wanted God to really give me guidance on. And so I was sitting in my chair at home just praying, um, God, you know, can you help me? And uh, one of the bishops that I dearly love, he texted me and uh, just said, you know, he was praying. God told him to text me and say that you're doing a great job and this is going to be a victory. and you know, so, for someone so old, God is so privy to current technology. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's really good. Well, well you know, he, he's always... He knows about text messages. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know day. if it's as yeah. much the text message as it is the obedience yeah. of the one behind the text message. But uh, And then, of course, God's awesome. moment is that I'm here with Josh and TJ. That's awesome. He has friends, uh, too. <laughs> yeah. At Harvest Ministries, that was a God moment. Um, how they yeah. just called me and invited me into what they were doing. They had... Uh, I had no one in this church 
did I personally know on a personal level. Uh, no one had ever heard me. <laughs> okay, I knew you, but I had like met you at camp and stuff. But to spend time together outside of that, uh, no one in this. Although world. I had absolutely no say. <laughs> and you had no say in it. But uh, for them to call me and the things that they've asked me to do, they had no idea what I was doing uh, back home before I came here. And it was just a very big God moment that they asked me to work in the mission house. They had no idea that uh, to support my family back home, I did a little irrigation business, but the majority is I bought and sold things for profits mm-hmm. and uh, had a little thrift shop. So, um, they're all God moments. So, I, I, bonus hold on. I do regret to inform you. Yeah. Uh, it's been about 40-ish weeks since you've been on, so we're going to need another 35. <laughs> uh, another 35. Yeah, All sorry. right. I got, I got one. Here we go. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, just, bonus one. we'll just take that. Uh, me and Chris. We'll just actually. take that instead. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the super discreet, and it's going to be so like vague that people are going to be like, does that really count? It counts. Deal with it. Yeah, it counts as 35. Um, actually, yeah. We were, the other day, talking about an issue we were both concerned with, if, if you recall, yeah. Um because it deals with some personal stuff with other sure. other individuals who aren't here, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about it. Uh, we were very concerned about it and yeah. talked about how you were planning on dealing with it, and you know, you, you you know, yes. And um, while we were talking about it, while we were you talking, got a text on my couch that answered exactly what we were talking about. TJ, we were talking about it at my house on the couch, and I received a text from a person with an answer to what we were just discussing. Yeah. And it was such a clear answer that I was like, wow, God said it, and he meant it, and that's that. So that's worth about 35. Oh, it's worth 35, because it was uh, was good. It was awesome. awesome. So, uh, if you've made it this far, thanks for listening. If not, (laughs) uh, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Consider following us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Consider staging a hostile takeover of our Twitter. You get like six followers it out of it. It won't be hostile. I'll give it to you. <laughs> uh, if you know someone who is willing to make a theme for our podcast, you know, we think ours is getting a little stale, uh, they will get full royalties if we use their music. Uh, so nothing. Nothing. <laughs> uh, anything else to we... uh, Yeah, again, the most valuable thing anyone can do Right. Is directly hand me a check for a million dollars. Yeah. No, no. So uh, if you're you can support us financially if you want on patreon.com forward slash the whole church podcast. Right. But again, the most valuable, the actual most valuable, just like, share, and comments. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, right. Apple Podcasts. Uh, what was it? Is it TuneIn or what, what's that one called? Anchor? No, I don't know. Mixer? I don't know. There, there's some sound thing that you can comment on that's not Apple Podcast. SoundCloud? No. What you can. You can. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I don't know. Everywhere you're listening to this, just so you can comment. I guess it's a place that you can comment and comment there. No, but uh, shares are really the most valuable of all three of those. Shares and comments. Uh, we like likes. It makes me feel better. But shares and comments are more valuable. So please don't do that. The more people you share this with, the more people you can talk about it with. Yeah. And who doesn't people who are aware that the church wants to be united, the more likely the church is going to be united. Right. That being said, uh, here's some future guests. I don't know. Future guests? No, I don't know. I don't organize. All right. Uh, future guest is you. Whoever's listening, contact us. You're our next guest. Uh, seriously, contact us. Uh, we Make a case. Fill out the application. Yeah. But uh, there's a future series. That's what this whole podcast has been about. We're going to start going through the Bible. And uh, next week, we'll get to hear us talk about Genesis 1. 
week after that, we're probably going to hear talk about Genesis 2, which, you know, we're not going to do every chapter of the Bible. (laughs) We're not going to do every chapter of the Bible, but uh, the first few do have a lot of controversies, if you will, in in the church. Um, And with that, what we want to be careful with, which is just kind of the final statement, arguing about scriptures amongst other Christians, I believe, is worshiping with your mind. It's a good exercise. Debating. But arguing or debating the scriptures outside of the church, outside of other believers, publicly or with non-believers, I think it shows that we're not united and it discredits our most valuable tool in ministry. So when we do this, when we go through the scriptures, keeping in mind what's important and what's not, which is why we're not going to give our position on every single argument. Because we just want the church to be united. That's the most important thing. Outside of salvation, outside of that, is to show that the church is united so that we can reach others and others can be saved. Uh-huh. Which is the bottom of the podcast. Right. So thank you all for listening to this. Right. Uh, we're going to record one more segment. You don't get to listen unless, unless you support us on Patreon. So. Yeah. Do, 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 do.